This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Inside special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, our podcast that takes a look every week back at a specific team, a specific year in sports history, and the imprint they leave on the world of sports. We go through football, baseball, basketball. We had a big Christmas one not too long ago holiday. that we went through. Hol- sorry, holiday, 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 holiday one. And today we stick in the National Football League. By looking back at the year that was the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, a season that started with a cloud of uncertainty and controversy and ended with a debate that maybe this might be the best defense that we have ever seen in the NFL. I know that's very difficult for Heresy. you. I know, I know, I know. Heresy Bears, is wrong. I know you, buddy, buddy, I know, I know. And I have a list of people that will agree with me. Okay, that your family wrong. members and your brothers and people who lived in Chicago don't count. I have a petition. <laughs> Take that. I made sure before we talked about the Ravens that I got a petition. I loaded up. I got Isabel from down the street. She's very unhappy about this. I got a lot of people who live right outside Wrigley Field upset about this. No, they're Cub fans. I don't have them. Oh, well, so, but, but I think- actually, no, there's a great bar community there. So I could really get a lot of signatures as they're uh, we're hitting the final call. At 2.45, 3.45 in the morning. Okay, all right. So I just want to make sure that you all rally around the Bears. I mean, it's bears. like, you know, it's the South Side for the White Sox. And- oh, no, everybody all rallies right. around the Bears. All right, very good. Okay. So with that in mind, we'll get to the debate coming up later on bears. in the podcast. But the year for the 2000 Baltimore Ravens began under a cloud of incredible controversy as Ray Lewis, star linebacker, was involved in a murder charge. January 31st of 2000, following the Super Bowl 34 party in Atlanta, this is when the Rams beat the Tennessee Titans, a fight broke out between Lewis and his companions and another group of people. 
That resulted in the stabbing deaths of two people, Jacinth Baker and Richard Lawler. Lewis and his two companions, Reginald Oakley, Joseph Sweeting, were questioned by Atlanta police, and 11 days later, they were indicted on murder and aggravated assault charges. This fight occurred in the Buckhead Village neighborhood, which is the big downtown area in Atlanta that has seen a lot of activity. The white suit that Ray Lewis was wearing the night of the killings has never been found. The DA said the blood-stained suit was probably dumped in a garbage bin outside a fast food restaurant. There was a knife found at the scene, no fingerprints or DNA on it. Lewis subsequently testified that Oakley and Sweeting had bought knives earlier in the Super Bowl week when Lewis was signing autographs, and the blood of one of the victims was found inside of Ray Lewis's limousine. Two weeks into the trial, Ray Lewis reached a plea agreement in which the murder charge was dismissed in exchange for his testimony against Oakley and Sweeting. He wound up getting a year's probation, also fined $250,000 by the NFL, which was then probably the highest fine levied against someone for something that wasn't involving drugs or, or, or something else like that. So now Ray Lewis is okay to play football. Uh, Oakley and Sweeting were acquitted of the charges in June, nor the suspects were ever arrested for the incident. This is something that is very high profile that everybody knows about this Ray Lewis story. What I can't believe is that this happened and Ray Lewis was allowed to play in the NFL this season. He was involved in a murder charge. He negotiated a plea agreement. All of this evidence was out there. And this is back when Paul Tagliabue was running the NFL and it was, hey, whatever you whatever you do, but you could still play on Sundays. I can't believe that he was allowed to play in the NFL to go right back to playing. Because if that happened now, he'd be out of the league for at least a couple. I'd like to think the NFL would say, hey, you're out of the league for a couple of years because there's Protect the Shield and there's, hey, guys who were killed, their blood is in your limousine. What was your involvement in this, which we, never know, we have never known? Even the relatives of the two victims say, it's hard to watch Ray Lewis, hard to watch him play football because he knows more about these deaths and no one's ever said anything. I, I can't believe they would have allowed him to play. Different NFL under Roger Goodell. It's a much different time. And if nothing else, you go on the exempt list and there you sit. I mean, part of this is also look how swiftly it got resolved in terms of getting to a plea agreement, right? It happened in an off season. So he was able to get back in. Not often do you have a case move so swiftly either. So, I mean, that that's kind of an outlier in that regard. But from the NFL perspective, under Tagliabue, I mean, that's just the way they operated. You know, it was as long as you're literally on the field, suited up and ready to go, it didn't matter. And that was one of the things as Goodell took over, trying to clean it up. Has it been imperfect? Absolutely. Has it been an unmitigated disaster in certain circumstances? No question about it. But there was at least an attempt to, and I hate the term, but protect the shield to where there is some standard, some code of conduct uh, to where you're you're held to a, at least a, a bit of a higher standard. With this, I mean, it, it, it's always looked bad, right? It, it, it remains something that if you watch any NFL show that Ray Lewis is part of, you're going to see commentary on social media about mm -hmm. it, just like... You know, in terms of captaincy for a Pro Bowl, you have Michael Vick, you know, for, for the 2020 season. It's the same thing, or for the 2019 Pro Bowl, 2020, when it's actually played. But just that same idea that these things still stand 
and people wanting to get to an answer, but also trying to figure out where that fandom stops. He's allowed to play. He goes back and he has one of the great all-time seasons in NFL history, which also I think bears a lot of the brunt of, boy, nothing ever really happened to this guy because not only was he able to go back and play, but he goes back and plays as he leads his team to the Super Bowl. And it's one of the great defenses of all time. And here's Ray Lewis a year after, hey, dude, you were involved in a, in a murder to, hey, I'm going to Disney World. You know, that, that's a very difficult optic to be able to go from one year to the next. And, hey, he was all we talked about for a while. And then it was, oh, no, now he's playing and now he's a hero. Didn't... Uh... Trent Dilfer actually got to do the I'm going to Disney World tag. Well, yes, though, he, well, yeah, they, 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 they didn't go to Ray Lewis for it. But the whole thing was yeah, he no. was being celebrated. No, that's right. Celebrated yes. top to bottom. And, and especially because this has become such an historic team. So while this is going on, the Ravens are getting set for their season. And they make two big moves, one in draft and one in free agency. They sign Shannon Sharp to play tight end. And they draft running back Jamal Lewis out of Tennessee, Brian Billick, the offensive genius that he was, was hired away from the Minnesota Vikings in his second year now with the Baltimore Ravens. And it's kind of odd that he winds up being a guy that wins the Super Bowl. He was an offensive genius and he wins on the back of one of the greatest defenses ever and an offense that barely scored enough points. Over the course of the season. That's such an odd thing for a coach to come in and go, yep, it's me. My offense is coming in. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to light the world on fire. And no, no, no. It's it's really the defense and defensive coordinator Rex Ryan, who is going to wind up being the guy getting most of the credit. Well, that's it. I mean, you had five games where you didn't score an offensive touchdown as we'll go through the the regular season and, and their run to the playoffs. But five games without a an offensive touchdown. You got Trent Dilfer under center. Wide receivers, most couldn't name any member of that receiving core except for Shannon Sharp, that's a Hall of Fame tight end. And then you've got Jamal Lewis and a young guy named Priest Holmes getting after it. So, you know, offensively, you had a couple of guys who made their mark and certainly won a, a number of fantasy titles for people, both in in Ravens uniforms and out. But, yeah, it, Brian Billick knew what he had. You know, run the ball, play good defense, and do what you can to, to protect the football. So all those are your, quote, offensive weapons, also included Jermaine Lewis, who we're going to get to in a bit, Brandon mm-hmm. Stokely. That star-studded defense, it wasn't just Ray Lewis. It was Sam Adams and Rob Burnett and Michael McCrary, Tony Siragusa, Adelius Thomas, Peter Bulware, Dwayne Starks, Chris McAllister, Rod Woodson in the secondary. And when you look and see these were the guys they had, it really kind of makes sense they had that kind of season because you would expect to succeed when you have eight guys of that caliber playing in your starting 11. Hall of Famers, pro, perennial pro bowlers, guys who went on to great careers in media because of their celebrity and their success with the this team and, and rolling through their NFL careers. I mean, you just go back and watch. Just do yourself a favor of a quick, couple quick YouTube highlight videos and watch how these guys hit. It's a different NFL mm-hmm. in, oh, in yeah. 2019 because this was still a bit of the throwback. And a couple of those names you mentioned when you have, obviously we talk about Ray Lewis, but when you get into the way, you know, Woodson played or, or Sharper at the other linebacker position, I mean, you've got guys that were heavy hitters and really set the tone for a game on that first possession. So while the Ravens are getting set for what they hope is going to be a great year, let's take a look at some other things that happened 
in the year 2000. I remember Conan O'Brien. Back when Conan O'Brien was on TV a lot and everybody watched him. It's kind of a big and I, deal. And I don't mean now the whole TBS thing, but back when, you know, he was, Conan O'Brien was, whoa, Conan O'Brien. He was uh, that guy that was writing for The Simpsons and everybody was excited about. The, Simpson, eh? The Y2K bug was all the rage. Oh. Remember, everybody thought every all machinery in the United States was going to go down when we turned the calendar from 99 to 2000. Yeah, I lost three days of my life being locked in the Yahoo facility in case something really bad really did happen. I got a lot of free meals out I'm of sure it. I'm sure you did. But what a miserable, hey, you got to be there. Why? <laughs> yeah, this. Because <laughs> if it goes to hell, we've got to be there to fix it. The Florida election recount, which then spawned an HBO movie as we didn't know who was going to win the election between Al Gore and, and President George Bush. Gladiator won Best Picture. That was oh, back you got when, when Russell Crowe was like the star, the you know, beautiful mind and gladiator. That was like his two or three year run of being. He's the biggest star in the world. And now Joaquin Phoenix laughs at him in that Remember creepy when I was Joker the laugh. And you stabbed me and now I have a cra- oh, Can sorry. we sequelize that in, uh, you know, the afterlife? Sequelize <laughs> gladiator? Yeah. Gladiator 2. In the afterlife. In the They're afterlife. both done. <laughs> the most popular Spoiler song alert. of the year. Breathe by oh, Faith Hill. Faith Hill had a run of being the hottest woman on the planet for a little while, too. Well, and she was waiting all day for Sunday night. That's that's <laughs> you better get ready. And I you cel- better hold tight. Yeah, and I celebrate all of Tim McGraw's catalog, and and obviously they've been married forever, so that's great. Breathe again, breathe again. No, that's a wrong song. No, that's that's a song, isn't it? I can hear you breathe. I can hear you breathe. Watch it. I I don't remember all the lyrics, but it's not yours. Breathe again. Yours is a different breathe. breathe. again. You're, you're channeling can, somebody else. I can hear you breathe. I can feel you need. Yeah, okay, that's the breathe. There's a, there's a couple of breathe songs. Yeah. And there's Just just Breathe uh, by Pearl Jam. Just Breathe. Okay, there's that too. Okay. So that's where we are in the year 2000. Coming up next, the big touchdown drought, a big quarterback change, and the drama continues for the Baltimore Ravens special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
it. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. All right, you've looked it up on the computer. Yeah, no, I, 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 remember, I, I didn't want to, you know, butcher the song. That's okay. You know, breathe I can again. feel the no. Breathe again. Because <laughs> I can feel you breathe. It's washing over me, and suddenly I'm melting into you. Breathe again. There's nothing breathe. left to prove. <laughs> Baby, all we need is just to be well, you yeah, know what? If, if Faith Hill ever stops doing concerts, I think you can step in for her. Well, I mean, I'm not singing work. full throat. No, I mean, let, you know, you let me go in front of a crowd. Oh, all right. I mean, we take this show on the road. Let's get this guy in front of a crowd. Let's right. get it. So the Baltimore Ravens start the year 2000 with three shutouts in their first five games. They blank Pittsburgh 16 nothing, Cincinnati 37 nothing, Cleveland 12 nothing. In the middle of that, a big win over the Jaguars, 39-36, and everything looks great. But then that's when the problems start. As you referenced earlier, the Ravens go five games without a touchdown. Five games. And quarterback Tony Banks loses his job to Trent Dilfer after the loss to Tennessee. People forget. Tony Banks started the season as the Ravens quarterback, and he lost his job midway through to Trent Dilfer. I remember being high on Tony Banks fantasy-wise going into this year, thinking, oh, I like Tony Banks. Had the big game against Jacksonville, and I'm like, oh, Tony Banks, Tony Banks. I remember really liking him in fantasy, and then he lost the job, and it was, what, Tony Banks is done. Well, some of the metrics we we didn't look at necessarily the same way back then. 54.7% completion rate. That wasn't awful, right? I mean, it's a yeah, different no, it NFL. Was good. That was good back that then. That was kind of, all right, that's middle of the pack or maybe a little below, but certainly not the train wreck it would be perceived as now as, you know, with so many guys completing two-thirds of their passes as you get more of the tight end running backs involved and, and less shots downfield. But eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, had the five and three record, but they weren't generating much at all as we got to this stretch. Uh, not moving the ball effectively. The run game obviously then bogs down, and now you've got uh, a self-fulfilling, uh, just a cycle that happens, and you make the change. But I remember Tony Banks and trying to figure out whether he was going to be able to just come back and steal the job back, but the door never opened. He winds up playing against the Jaguars and beating them 15-10, game without a touchdown. Then they lose to the Redskins 10-3. 
They lose to the Titans 14-6, and he came out of the game, and that was when they decided, okay, Trent Dilfer's going to be our guy. Well, Trent Dilfer didn't like the world on fire. His first start, they lost to the Steelers 9-6. So now suddenly a season that began, look at this all-world Baltimore Ravens defense. They're at the midway point of the season, 5-4, and four, and it's like, are they ever going to score a touchdown well, but, again? But that's the funny thing about it, right? In that three-game losing streak, they gave up 33 points. Unfortunately, they only scored 15 <laughs> I mean, think about what what would happen now. I mean, look at a team doesn't score 24 points in a week. Ah, offense is bogging down, man. Uh, We only have really struggling. You know, you know they miss kick or you know this red zone opportunity, and everybody's losing their minds. This type of offense in the middle of what was a promising start to a season. You're calling for heads to roll. Uh, It's amazing that they were able to stick together, but. Then after Dilfer got through that first start against Pittsburgh, the Ravens started rolling and they won games. They scored over 20 points in the next five weeks to win five in a row. They beat Arizona 13, seven, they're 11 and four. They get to the final game of the season. They play the New York jets. They're playing at home and the Jets needed this game to potentially get into the playoffs. And it started off great because I remember this game. I remember the Jets scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. Testaverde was playing really, really well. And I thought, hey, we're going to get the Ravens here. The Ravens were unbeatable after they solved their midseason problems because they beat everybody. And now Trent Dilfer's putting points on the board. We're going to get them. We're up 14 nothing. Well, but look yeah, at the points again. Yeah, points against once they started getting things together. Seven, a narrow victory over Tennessee, 24-23. Dallas, zero points allowed, seven points allowed to the Browns. Then the bye week. Then they come back, San Diego, beat them 24-3, give up seven to the Cardinals. And then all of a sudden, you've got Diedrich Ward and Richie Anderson running free. And he's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Uh, You had turnovers by the Jets. You had Jermaine Lewis returning a kick for a touchdown, which was one of the other storylines of the season that people don't really remember when it comes to this Ravens because when you look at the nuts and bolts, it's okay, it's the Ray Lewis murder trial, it's the great defense. Oh, yeah, that's right, they had trouble scoring. Trent Dilfer was the quarterback. But as good as their defense was, their special teams were phenomenal, and Jermaine Lewis had one of the all-time great seasons returning kicks for them. They relied on him and Jamal Lewis to do everything for that offense. It's Jamal Lewis on the ground, and he had a great season, he said, and Priest Holmes, who, you know, hey, who knew he was going to turn to the running back? He did. But Jermaine Lewis, it seemed like every week, would have a big return for a touchdown, would spark things with a big play on special teams. And when you had those three facets working, defense working number one, special teams working right behind it, that greases things up for the offense a little bit. And the offense doesn't have to do way too much. They just had to do enough, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, winning the battle of field position. We'll talk about Kyle Richardson uh, and his efforts. Matt Stover taking care of business, uh, your kicker. But Corey Harris, your kickoff return specialist, averaging 23 a return. That's that's unheard of in today's NFL. Likewise, Lewis was averaging over 16 yards a punt return. They finished 12-4, and four, but they finished behind Tennessee, who had had a phenomenal season, so they have to play three games to advance to the Super Bowl. But before we get to that, this is where the Ravens' defense sat following the regular season. Fewest points per game allowed in NFL history. 10.3. 10.3. Yeah. Fewest rush yards ever allowed. 970. Didn't allow 1,000 yards rushing 
on the season. 49 forced turnovers. Not 20, not 29. 49 forced turnovers. You don't get to that number very often. You don't get up, you don't get up to you get up to 50 turnovers. You're talking about three turnovers a game. I mean, who averages that? Three turnovers well, we, a game. We, we saw it in 2018 with the Bears. Yes. They had a goal. They're, that they're was, one of the outliers. Well, that's because every week Khalil Mack had a strip sack and a fumble. So that, that's why it worked. But for you him. see how much different, uh, you know, one or two injuries changes I, I'm scheming to try to take a guy away. But I mean, this this team from the defensive front, from Syragusa and all those guys to the to the back seven, I mean, they were just opportunistic. And then once they got up on you, forget about it. So that's where the Ravens are, and they're already getting the, hey, is this the best defense we've ever seen conversation? As we get into the playoffs, again, three games they had to play to win the Super Bowl. Their first wild card game was against the Denver Broncos. And this game is known for one play, the Shannon Sharp tip touchdown pass off of Jamal Lewis that goes for 58 yards that really won the game for Baltimore. It's a pass in the flat that Trent Dilfer throws and it goes off the hands of Jamal Lewis. Now, for some reason, well, it's the Ravens, it's their offense wasn't that great, but for some reason, Shannon Sharp was right there. He grabs the ball a little bit outside of the flat where Jamal Lewis was. And because he catches the defense flat-footed, he takes it all the way down the sideline and into the end zone for a touchdown. And that really just won the game because the, you could tell that the will of the Broncos was like, come on, really? You know, that that's the play they get. They get a big tip play like that. It goes their way. They win that game 21 to three. The Broncos never really threaten. And it was a very typical Ravens game in which the offense did enough. The defense was able to keep the Broncos, who had a pretty good offense back then, uh, was able to keep them off the board, except for a field goal in the second quarter, and this game was never really in doubt. Gus Farratt, 13 of 28 for 124 yards. Gus Farratt, uh, 124 yards and an interception People in this People forget one. Gus Farratt played for the Broncos. Yeah. Didn't he just play for the Redskins? It was him and Heath Schuler. No, no, no. Started that playoff game for the Broncos. Four sacks, and then Jarius Jackson actually got some time as well. Five of 10, 54 yards. Notre Dame, right? Yep. He yeah. absorbed a sack as well. I mean, just really nothing going. This was the Mike Anderson year. When he was the thousand-yard rusher in Shanahan's system, every guy they put it, whether it was him or Orlandis Gary, ah, we're going to run for fifteen hundred yards and be a superstar. Whoever they put in there was great, and that carried the offense. Think about those guys now; they'd be getting ten million dollar contracts off those years. Oh sure, oh sure, different I mean, times, different. Different. It doesn't matter. You're not going to re-sign him. No, we're going to let him go because we have another guy coming in who's going to play even better. Shark Steve, man, so take a bite. Good. It falls out. Next one goes in line. Awaiting the Baltimore Ravens following this game, the Tennessee Titans. This was some kind of battle. We'll get to that. The AFC Championship game in which Tony Siragusa sits on Rich Gannon and the Ravens go to the Super Bowl. And then the dominant performance against the New York Giants. All that and more coming up next right here on Special Teams. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in Indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The Baltimore Ravens were now two games away from the Super Bowl, awaiting them a date with the Tennessee Titans who were absolutely loaded this year. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon taking you through this magical year of the Ravens for special teams. This game was 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. It could have been a bigger, larger lead for Tennessee, but in the first half, Al Del Greco, one of the most reliable field goal kickers in NFL history, missed a field goal, but there was a penalty, got another chance, got it blocked. Had another miss in the second quarter as well. Then in the fourth quarter, it looked like the Titans were finally going to get a field goal to give them a 13-10 lead, and maybe that was going to be enough, but the field goal gets blocked. Anthony Mitchell runs it back for a touchdown, and that gives them a 17-10 lead like we talked about all season long with this team. Hey, the defense was great, but boy, look at the special teams making the play of the year to that point. Early fourth quarter, looks like a chip shot field goal, 37 yards, right? Al Del Greco. We talk about the different announcers and the way they'd say his name. Here he comes. It's Al Del Greco. Like he was the guy from the neighborhood. A hero and, to us all. Yeah, Al so, Del Greco. And here he comes out and you get a block and it, here we go again. Like you and, could and, see it on right, the sidelines. And, and you don't know what's going through his head because he's already missed a bunch of yeah. uh, three times today. And it's, what do I need to do? Did he do something different? Did he try something that... At, it, they wind up getting the block and it goes in for a touchdown. That is typical Ravens this season. And you see the Tennessee sideline. After that play of, all right, they got us. Like, they finally got us. It was inching to there, and, and even a narrow lead wasn't going to be safe, but nobody had really been able to punch Baltimore in the mouth. I mean, you had a couple of losses in the middle of the season when they had their sputtering, but even the defense and special teams were able to carry them here, and you were just waiting for it to happen again. Their last gasp effort goes into the end zone for the Ravens again. Ray Lewis picks off a pass that goes through running back Eddie George's hands. He goes in for a touchdown. Final score is 24 to 10. And once again, you say, 
well, the offense did barely enough, but look at the special teams and the defense. It's a broken record, but, I mean, we want to talk about this to spotlight just the dominant year that the Ravens had. They win this game, and now they go to the AFC Championship game, and this was the Battle of the Titans. Not the game with the Titans, it's the game after. Because the Raiders, this was in the middle of their run of, boy, look how good the Raiders are. Rich Gannon had completely taken over this team. They had his personality, John Gruden's personality. This was a three-year run the, the Raiders had where they were one of the top teams in the AFC. But snake bit year after year after year. You had the tuck rule. That hurt them. I know. It, it hurts you to say it. That's you why had, there was a dramatic pause so, really, as does. your Jets love and self in what the beginning of the 20 the years. Rule. I don't want to talk about it. You, you just bleeped yourself without saying a word. You had this great Raiders team fall victim to the tuck rule, to Tony Siragusa sitting on Rich Gannon, which we'll get to, and then losing to John Gruden in the Super Bowl because John Gruden knew all the plays, everything the Raiders were going to run when he jumped from the Raiders to Tampa Bay as their head coach. Did he tape things? Uh, I don't know that he did, but the fact that Bill Callahan didn't change a lot of the hand signals that Rich Gannon used and all those things, that kind of helped Tampa Bay a little bit. It goes back to the whole dopiness of the hand signals. I know you've got the the transmission through the headset and, and helmet and everything these days, but not changing your signals. I mean, you coach kids' soccer and softball. Mm. You're changing them. Yeah, you're changing them. Right, you can't change you gotta, a ton of them, but you, you change them up enough. Yeah. In <laughs> professional football that they don't? Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> they, just think about this three-year run for the Raiders for a second where it was Siragusa and it was Brady in the snow and then it was Gruden leaving. The only coach who probably would have beat them in the Super Bowl. And that's what that could this team could have went on and maybe won three Super Bowls. But those three things kept them out. And now they're just known for leaving a dump uh, after all these years for wow. the second time. Wow. Look at you. Well, aren't we going to do a special teams, the postmortem <laughs> on the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum? I, I do. I do miss the, the baseball field. I miss that's the one thing I do miss. As a guy who spent a lot of time in that stadium when I lived in the Bay Area, I'm not going to miss it. It was terrible. <laughs> this was a battle of irresistible force meets a movable object. It was the Ravens defense against the Raiders offense that was averaging 29 points a game. This game had the Ravens fire the first salvo. Shannon Sharp's 96-yard touchdown on third and 18. It looked like it was a play where maybe the Raiders were going to stop them. They were going to have to punt. Raiders are going to get on the board. But early on, it's that slant pass over the middle to Shannon Sharp. And you've seen this play many times. What gets overlooked, Brandon Stokely, we talked about him a little bit ago, a terrific block mm-hmm. that launches Shannon Sharp into the end zone. And it was, oh, my goodness. You're going to look back and say when at the end and go, what did, the, what did the Ravens' offense do in the playoffs? Well, they had the 96-yard pass to Shannon Sharp. They had the tip pass to Shannon Sharp against Denver. And those are really the two only plays the offense made in the playoffs. That's it that stands out. That's Otherwise, it. defense, special teams, and a lot of Matt Stover. Matt, he had a big year in fantasy that oh, year. huge. He was huge. Then Tony Siragusa sacks Rich Gannon later in the first, or hits him, knocks him down, and sits on him, basically. Yeah. Gannon comes out of the game. Bobby Hoying comes in. Buckeye legend Bobby Hoying. You know, he did he win a playoff game for the Eagles? He played in a playoff game I for believe the Eagles he won earlier one. on. Yeah, I think he did. When the Eagles, that was back when the Eagles were going by. We got Ty Detmer. We got Coy Detmer. We had anybody else named Detmer. We got Bobby Hoying coming in and playing. 
I mean, it's, they, they, you know, they struck it rich finally with Donovan McNabb, but boy, they really had some quarterbacks to go through in the 90s. You really just wanted to get the um, Syracuse in there, didn't you? Uh, yeah, a little bit, just a tiny bit. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Actually, he had, no, he had no actual record as a playoff passer. Bobby Hoy? Yeah. No record. We got no record for him. He appeared, but he did not have any uh, record. Uh, Hoying's first pass was picked off. Matched over, kicked the field goal. 10-0 was the lead, and, and that was really it from there. They go on to win this game 16-3 to and shut down a Raiders offense that was that good, but without Rich Gannon, what did you really expect him to be able to do? No, right. Gannon goes out. He was 11 of 21, 80 yards. He'd been sacked four times, two picks, hoying with two interceptions, uh, just a, a miserable run overall. You look at uh, offensively, they weren't able to generate anything on the ground. Tyrone Wheatley, 12 carries, seven yards. And you remember Ty- Tyrone Wheatley, all he had to do was fall forward. That was about mm-hmm. two and a half yards. He was a giant man. Uh, you got to make it past the line of scrimmage. When you fall forward from three yards back to the line of scrimmage, you're only gaining a half No, yard. that's just it. You know, getting hit in the backfield uh, with regularity, not going to work. But, you know, I guess the Raiders should take some consolation. They didn't give up a special teams or a defensive touchdown in this one. All right. We have the little victories. Little victories. You always uh, say find uh, your wins. Yeah. I get that. So we'll take one here. It's still a loss. And all the woulda, coulda, shouldas, but uh, away we go. The Ravens move on. They head to Super Bowl 35, awaiting them the New York Giants. And at this point, the Ravens' defense was, it was like when they walked around, there was an aura about them as if you just had to stay away. It was, what are they going to wind up doing to the New York Giants in the Super Bowl? Just how bad is it going to get? And it got pretty bad for the New York Giants, tell you that much. Yeah, pretty um, fast, too. But but this was one of those, what's going to happen when they actually kick it off? And for the time going between the games, a lot of the talk was, here's Ray Lewis back at the Super Bowl. A year after what happened, it became a big topic of conversation. And that's really what dominated everything those two weeks going into Super Bowl 35. Well, one of the things, though, that did help out Radio Road was had not yet really become what Radio Row is, right? And the buildup to what the Super Bowl has become, media exposure and, and the global view that you have and really the circus that the media night became. I mean, it, it's paired back a little bit now that it's in the evening primetime viewing and all, but you had a run where for a number of years, even when, when Lewis got back there, that there were some problems, shall we say, with certain questions need, needing to be asked. Because that time it was about deer antler spray, or performance enhancers, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for Ray Lewis and this one, just there's a lot of folks that weren't going to ask the questions that needed to be asked either, or about that history. Because what answer were you going to get? Right, you. It wasn't something the NFL really wanted to, to address, and Ray Lewis became very good at deflecting away from any of the questions related to that event. Yeah, his his answer was always he had the one big answer of God is never going to put anybody in this situation to do something that bad, and and it, you know I, I or put someone like me in that situation to do something that bad, and he would he would always kind of blow it off by by giving those oblique comments. Well, because when the the repeat, right, when they were facing the 49ers became a, a the first question be, was about the deer antler spray. And I stood and listened for about seven minutes as he started to sermonize 
And it's like, okay, I'm going to go get one-on-ones with the rest of the team. You guys, <laughs> you guys update me if he ever actually addresses the question that was being asked here. And look, it's, it's, you can't fault a good strategy, as you always say on the show that oh, we do uh, weeknights on Fox Sports Radio. It's like, you may not like it. You may think it's really disingenuous and crazy, but it got people to just say, okay, once he's done with this, we actually have to talk football because he's now taken up 25 minutes of the allotted 45 or 50-minute interview session. When we got to the game, it was exactly as it was expected. First quarter, Trent Dilfer throws a 38-yard touchdown to Brandon Stokely. Okay, 7 nothing, and already you could feel this game's getting away from Kerry Collins and the New York Giants. Well, you got that reward for the big block in the, uh, the last round. I'll throw you one. Okay, yeah, fine. Now it's your turn. Uh, Matt Stover kicks a field goal. It's 10-0 at halftime, and already this is, well, the Giants offense really has not been able to do anything, and this is the best the NFC has to offer. Baltimore puts the next points on the board. Dwayne Starks returns a pick 49 yards for a touchdown, but this actually begins one of the more exciting sequences in Super Bowl history. Touchdowns on three consecutive plays. Starks returns the interception for a touchdown, make it 17-0 early in the third quarter. Everybody's packing up. Time to go. This is over. And then Ron Dixon returns the ensuing kickoff, 97 yards for a touchdown. Now it's 17-7. to Okay, maybe the Giants are getting back in on this. And then what do we get? Not a defensive play, not an offensive play, but Jermaine Lewis putting the Super Bowl away on that ensuing kickoff, 84 yards for a touchdown. And I remember Brian Billick screaming down the sideline, seeing the NFL Films video after going, J. Lou, J. Lou, J. Lou, because he knew that was winning the Super Bowl for them. He goes in for a score. It's 24-7. The Giants don't put up a fight after that. Jamal Lewis would add a touchdown run in the fourth quarter on his way to a 100-yard day. For Kerry Collins, a miserable day for him, 15 out of 39 for 112 yards, and four interceptions. That was what the Baltimore Ravens did to him on defense for the game. The Giants offense totaled just 152 yards, turned the ball over four times, and Kerry Collins got sacked four times. Baltimore's defense allowed one touchdown in four playoff games. So all that stuff I just said, think about that. One touchdown in four playoff games. Your defense allowing one touchdown in four games. Ineptitude of your opponents, or uh, do you just say you're swarming uh, and taking care of business? Because obviously, you look at the Super Bowl, it's one that uh, you kind of fast-forward through a lot of it. (laughs) For the Kerry Collins side, just a miserable experience uh, under duress all day long. You go through all the stats and just, all right, tackle for loss here, tackle for loss there. This guy with a, you know, pass defense, uh, he's got three. He's got another one. I mean, there was just no room to breathe. I like that callback. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for, the, uh, again. for the giant. No. Oh, sorry. Wrong song. I look- celebrate Faith Hill's catalog. A tiki barber ran for 49 yards. That was it. I mean, this this Giants team was pretty well-rounded. Was it the, the greatest offense? No, but were they dangerous enough? Yes. Was the defense good enough? Yes. But it, they weren't even a match. Right. I mean, they didn't Hilliard, the Tumor, and uh, Pete Mitchell. I'm going to let that just sit there for a minute. You know, I'm waiting for Top Gun 2 just like everybody else is. I'm just waiting for it. Soon enough, my friend. Soon enough. Uh, so that was your victory for the Baltimore Ravens. They win the game 34-7 and they put a punctuation on what could be the greatest season ever 
for a defense. Now, let me throw this out here before you give me 85 Bears, because I remember how great the Bears were and, and, and what they were able to do and how they really changed the game defensively with the 46 defense and different pressures on the quarterback. I, I get all that. This is more of a modern era of the NFL where you had to stop quarterbacks and running backs equally. 85 it was still teams going to run the football. And that's what we got to stop. And if we mm-hmm. stop that, how many quarterbacks are really going to go crazy? Unless you're playing somebody like Dan Marino or Joe Montana, it's going to be an easier thing to do to shut teams down. It's a little bit harder in 2000. You also have more free agency playing havoc with, with rosters. I look at this and I go, it's hard for me to argue against them being the greatest defense of all time. Certainly, it's up for debate as you roll. As you mentioned, the change of the game just in those 15 years is immense. Uh, I've seen uh, numerous articles and, and breakdowns looking at the quarterbacks played during this stretch. Let's have a little fun, shall we? Uh, well, you've got McNair. Okay, cool. Uh, Mark Brunel, Jamie Martin. Good times. Go back to Mark Brunel. <laughs> Scott Mitchell, Akili Smith. Wait See, a minute. Akili Smith, Drew Rosenhaus talked the Bengals into picking him third yeah, overall. Yeah, it was a good job by him, that wasn't was. it? Uh, Tim Couch, Doug Peterson, and Spurgeon win. Hey, Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl winner. That he is. As a head coach. As a head coach. Hey, he's a Super Bowl winner. Ken Graham and Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart was really good Stewie. for about a year. Exactly. Jay Fiedler, Ryan Leaf. These are Vinny all, Testaverde. These are all high draft picks you are talking about. Brad Johnson. The final year of Troy Aikman. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. This is a couple of years later. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like he did a lot, but he won. Exactly. And Jake Plummer. She had some high draft picks. You beat Dieter Brock to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did. And you beat Tony Eason to win the Super hey, Bowl. But you know how I, how I always uh, describe it, Jason. It's You can only beat who's on the schedule. Uh, that's true. I just felt like some of the names. Yeah, as no, we were those are good names. For, and, and watching old I mean, video I and kind of going through. Outs- I thought that was fantastic. Outside of Spurgeon win, I think all those guys went like number one or number two no, overall. No, there's top ten picks all around. Yeah, yeah. Look how many teams missed on quarterbacks. Here, Here's some guys well, but I'm I mean, tell that, you about. But, I mean, that's certainly the mark here, right? Achilles Smith, Ryan Leaf, and um, Tim Couch. Yeah. I mean, that's just three of them. Number one, number and two, then, number and three. Roll from there, one, right? One, two, and three. So, it, it's just an interesting run. I love the debates across time because you can just – argue to your blue in the face and never come to any sort of resolution. It's like all the inane goat conversations we have in the NBA and certainly that we have in the NFL with Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and, you know, Peyton Manning in often doing Peyton Manning things in commercials, but always in the record books that we have these debates all the time. It's uh, it's nice and it's a safe little world. What really baffles me, you talk about something that happened now in the NFL that had the way it happened back then. Rex Ryan was in his second year as defensive coordinator for the Ravens, and he puts together a defense that is arguably the best all time, right? You want to say, are you between them and the 85? Well, but that's the funny thing, right? right? It's him and his old man. Right. That's, right. Those are the defenses that we're talking about. Yeah. Here. So he puts this defense together. He doesn't get a phone call for a head coach until the Jets call him in 2009. How how long do you think it would take in the NFL normally for a guy in his second year as defensive coordinator, you put this kind of defense out there that teams aren't caught. We got to have him. We got to look, look at the defense. Look what he just put together. We got to go get this guy. And it's 15 it minutes a, after the final game ends. It, yeah, it, it took it. No, I think it's actually during the fourth quarter. 
Okay. Hey, listen, we're going to give you a hat to put we're gonna on. We're going to patch this in. Listen, it's 34-7. Come on, you're killing them. Let's let's just put this on. I mean, really, it's that it's that fast that he becomes a head coach, and it took him till 2009 to get that phone call. I've always wondered, and this is just me spitballing as we talk about those two defenses, how much people gave Buddy credit for what Rob was doing and Rex were doing. All he's doing is seeing the play his old man has, and we're just no, no, no. But but if they were picking his brain, and he yeah. wasn't a de facto, right? So like the Ryan brothers, like and Rob, who was with us for at Fox Sports Radio for a little bit, but for for Rex and the job they were doing here, I was wondering if maybe that was held against him. That maybe it wasn't all just him. Oh, At least for a little ways. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's enough to say you're not going to be a head coach. Not for nine years, no. I mean, that that's a lot because, you know, look, you know Brian Billick didn't do anything defensively. You know, you know, Brian, no, sure. you know he, he was the head coach in charge of the offense. The defense is the defense, and that's how things are going to go. But how, how he does it takes him that long, it's baffling. Because they had other great years, another great no, year. No, they were the fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, they, and they still took him this long. Well, because you just think about the the way a hot coach comes up nowadays, right? All you need to have is one quick run in college, or a good year as a coordinator, and the phone's ringing because we're we're looking at what six to eight coaches on average a year. I mean, it, the carousel does not stop spinning. So his number would have been called a lot faster. And today, but again, we, we also look at a lot of teams go to the offensive route thinking that that's what they need to fix. In his nine years with the team, the defense never ranked lower than sixth in the NFL. And it took him that long. I mean, look, obviously he showed that he had some potential, but he had shortcomings as well. Sure. But I mean, really to not get that chance when you're always looking for the next great young OC or DC, how do they not get rated for, for these guys coming off this performance? I don't know, personality. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of a number of things. Like, you know, I've, I've had conversations with, with Rex years ago. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, in an interview process, does something go awry? Does just not a feel that they wanted him as a head coach? Like, he's a coordinator and not a head man. You always wonder where the disconnect happens, especially on teams like this that are sustained, right? They weren't a blip on the radar. Because if you said, okay... Look at the personnel he's got in 2000, plus special teams. Everything worked. So, all right, we'll give it a mulligan. We'll see if it happens another year. But if you have that kind of sustained run, eventually people are knocking down the door saying, all right, we'll cobble together whatever. Because they also won, and I, and I don't do it with the same, you know, bile like everybody else. Trent Dilfer was a quarterback, mm. a guy who was a replacement for Tony Banks. Right, so the, his defense carried the day. So it's very much like, well, go back to the '85 Bears. Where are they now? All right, let's take a look back now at the 2000 Ravens. Where are some of them now, Mike Harmon? All right, we got Kim Herring, head of field operations. You'll like this. Sports at clearme.com. What is clearme.com? They are security screening at airports, sporting events, etc. Oh. With that, does he do the wand? I can say, hey, Kim Herring, you were on the. I don't know. Ravens. He's the head of field operations. Oh, I think right. he's so the, probably not. Maybe he does that once he in a while. Doesn't have a wand, like an undercover boss kind of thing. Maybe he goes in and sees their day. Listen, kid, I'm not a wand guy. Oh, okay, sorry about that. All right, of course, we've always got coaches. Jamie Sharper at. Georgetown, Anthony Poindexter is at Purdue. You got Chris Redman, business dev, uh, biz dev manager at Game On Mouthguards. 
So there you go, protecting the grill. Uh, as you go, Kip Vickers, Epic Business Solutions, so accounting, IT, web design, bunch of other things. Uh, you've got Kyle Richardson, mentioned him a little bit earlier, the punter. He's a VP of sales and marketing for a place that helps with screening calls for people in need of medical care. Screening calls for people in need of medical care, like making sure that's real people calling. Well, that that things get processed properly and, and that you're sensitive to maybe different needs, right? So training, if, if you're dealing with maybe a veteran and certain things they may have faced in the field so you know how to come at it from a psychological perspective as you start a- asking questions of what can I do for you that, all right, let's try to get a little more background information that he's part of that process. Well, if you work uh, with well. like local cable companies and, and uh, uh, dry cleaning, my dad would love that. He needs he needs someone to help with that. Could be a guy that helps you. Uh, cable's out again. I need I need help on this. All right. Yeah, I don't know that they go that far in oh, those services. Don't? Oh, okay. But, but really I'm help. sure you can apply the same principles. That would that would help my dad to a get lot. to that level that of would care. Help. I, mean, I was on the phone waiting for 45 minutes today. Look, All as right, a guy who, who helped run support and build games and such at Yahoo. We, we faced a lot of curious calls and, and emails through our time there. Uh, Walt probably was among them. So there's our look. Special teams, the 2000 Ravens. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, you can hit us up on Twitter. At How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Any ideas? Who would you like to see on a future edition of special teams? We had a couple of requests. Did the... Uh, the 93 Bills not too long ago. And so now, yeah, you get a big request in. We get enough want for it. Hey, maybe we'll get it up there for you again on Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Our show is heard nightly on Fox Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the West Coast, uh, on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. We'll talk to you next week for another episode of Special Teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.